This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. Or go to www.memyselfanddie.com. All of the show's playlists, social media links, and other material can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. <gasps> Mark Progress... Pog... Progress? <laughs> Mark progress twice and reveal a danger. Well, hello and welcome back once again to Me, Myself and I. I am, as always, your intrepid GM, host, and player, Trevor DeVal. Thanks for watching, and as always, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And I've also taken the suggestion that some of you made, and I've started a Patreon. So for those of you who want to help support the show financially, there's a link in the notes below uh, where you can do that. And uh, currently, there's only one tier level, which is just basic supporter, but I am taking suggestions for ideas for things that I could provide for you in the future, providing I have time to do that, which, of course, is the plan. Uh, nonetheless, thanks so much for the suggestion, and thanks for those of you who have already signed up. Now, to get back to our story, Arn, Ormir, and Thorbjorn, the old fisherman, had come to the island of Hogvendil on a couple of small boats. Thorbjorn was killed in the under maze of the uh, fortress by a terrible eel-like creature, which left Arn and Ormir on their own to continue their explorations. They discovered the Viking longship, which was which was pulled up uh, alongside an underground dock in a large cavern that was exposed to the to the open sea. So they found that uh, unguarded, which was an interesting thing. But the, Arn also figured that that might be an avenue of escape if they were able to find the rest of the villagers of Highmark. They also discovered, of course, the spearhead itself, Ulvatan. It turns out that. Ursia, the woman who had stolen the spear in the first place, had tried to confront Hogvendil, possibly here on this island, had failed, but Hogvendil was trying to melt down the spearhead, presumably to turn it into a bunch of other weapons that he could distribute among his own followers. Uh, but he had failed to do that, and Arn found the spearhead quite intact, although the spear itself was broken, so it's not much of a weapon at the moment, but he does have Ulvatan, at least the ahead of it. So that is good. They continued their explorations. They eventually emerged into a room with a roof that had been ruined and exposed it to the, the night sky above, where there was a series of piles of corpses and two raiders had just come in and thrown the body, the fresh corpse of a drained villager, onto the pile, had immediately seen Arn and Ormir and leaped to the attack. Now this whole situation happened because Arn missed his Delvrol, which means that there has to be some sort of tangible price they have to pay. So I think because he's so taken aback, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna bump his momentum down to six. That is the price for failing, rolling a miss on the delve roll. In addition to the fact that these guys have initiative and they are racing up even now to attack Arn and Ormir. This is gonna be a clash roll. The Raiders are on one track. Arn is going to roll a clash as he gets a few shots off at the Raiders as they Leap into the fray now. He knows that once they engage him in hand-to-hand, -hand, his bow is going to be useless. So I think what he's going to do is he's immediately going to use his archer talent. He sees them coming. He manages to pull out a few extra arrows and 
let loose once per fight when you strike or clash, and this is a clash, he would take extra shots and suffer minus one supply. So his supply will go down to two as he fires off multiple arrows. So this is going to be plus three. Okay, well, this is good, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. His archer talent, because that's six on a double seven, so that'd be a terrible answer, but because of this archer talent, you can re-roll any dice. He's gonna re-roll all the dice on that, and he's going to, that's a little better. Okay, that talent help, which is a strong hit. Inflict plus two harm, take plus one momentum. His momentum goes back up to seven. Inflict your harm, and he's going to find an opening. So it's his harm, which is two, plus one for the strong hit on Clash, which is three, and another plus two for, so he does five harm, which is half on a strong hit. That drops this guy immediately as the arrows fly into him. So he took a strong hit on the clash, which means he has the, he seizes the initiative in this case after having blasted this guy because he has the initiative. He's going to move back as Ormir comes in to attack this guy. So he's gonna fire one more time and that's gonna be a three, which is a weak hit on a strike. You lose initiative, but inflict your harm. So the guy takes another two boxes that puts that up to seven, ah! and a weak hit, and you flick your arm, and you lose initiative on the strike. So this guy now engages Ormir, but I think what he's doing is he's fighting Ormir back towards Arn, back towards the opening of the chamber. The question is, what is Arn going to do? Well, he has lost the initiative. I think he's gonna, he is now gonna pull his sword and he's going to run up and try and interpose himself between uh, the raider and Ormir, because he doesn't, he, remember his goal is still to protect Ormir. He doesn't want anything bad to happen to Ormir. So I think what he's gonna do, he's gonna face danger as he launches in to try and intercept the attack that's coming in on Ormir. This is gonna be a plus two. And he's gonna, okay, well that's not so good. Uh, we have a double sixes, but here's the thing. My momentum's at seven. I'm gonna cancel those two dice, reset to two. So that turns into a strong, hit on face danger. You're successful, take plus one momentum. His momentum goes up to three, and he manages to interpose himself. He kind of pushes Ormir out of the way, pushes this raider back. That is a strong hit now, which means that he is going to uh, gain the initiative again. He, with his sword, launches himself in on attack, a flurry of blows at the raider, who has been momentarily taken off guard by this rather brave leaping into the fray that Arn has done. This is gonna be a plus two, which is going to be a weak hit on a strike. Inflict your harm and lose the initiative. So he does inflict two harm against this guy. He has wounded this raider quite severely, but he did not get a strong hit, so he cannot end the fight. He loses the initiative and right away it's going to be a clash roll. This is with Iron. Uh, he's lost the initiative so he can't do anything to scare himself an advantage. It's going to be an 8, which is a weak hit on Clash. You inflict your harm, but then pay the price and the foe has the initiative. So you do inflict your harm, which is good, which puts him up to 10. That doesn't mean he's dead yet though. Inflict your harm, but then pay the price. They exchange wounds. So Arn goes down to one health and he's got to do an endure harm move right now as the raider's blade bites deep through Arn's leather armor. In this case it's iron which is plus two and he's going to roll seven which is a strong hit. You know what? He's going to shake it off. He's going to suffer one momentum in exchange for one health. So his momentum goes down to two but his health goes up to plus two. He shakes off the pain of that wound slowing him down a little bit. Oh, if you make a suffer move and score a strong hit, you may take the initiative. 
even if he scored a weak hit on the preceding loop. So there it is. Great, good to know. So because of his strong hit on Endure Harm, he, uh, he seizes the initiative. I think he's going to stab and kick this Raider back towards the fallen and prone body of his comrade, securing an advantage. This is forceful action plus iron to secure an advantage. He's had a strong hit, which is a six. Oh, look at that, it's another strong hit. You gain advantage. Take control, make another move now, not a progress move, and add plus one, or prepare to act, take plus two momentum. He's going to take plus two momentum, which brings him back up to momentum of four. He has got a strong hit. He's now going to roll to end the fight. What happens here? A strong hit, which means he kicks the raider back, and the fallen raider spear was sort of, sort of jutting up a little bit, and the raider goes falling back, impaling himself ah! on the spear, and he is killed as well. Moving quickly through this chamber, they're gonna continue their delve. I think Arn has to take a second now. He's sort of breathing heavily. He's sort of, you know, uh, he kind of leans against this wall a little bit. Ormir comes up to him. Ormir, I need to bind these wounds, help me. He's gonna do a heal move on himself. So he's rolling plus two with Ormir's help. Ormir, oh, look at that. And it's a double one, which is great give up to plus two health, so he is able to bind his wounds, which brings him back to plus four, which in this case is his max. And the, what's the positive thing that comes out of this? A positive twist. Get roll on the action team table. Positive twist comes out of this, 63. Challenge. Challenge dream. Challenge a dream, challenge of dream. Nothing's coming to me for this, so I'm just gonna ignore it. Which is perfectly legal too. If, if nothing comes to you instinctually on a roll, that's okay, moving on. They continue their delve. Ho, 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 ho. And where does their delve take them this time? Let us find out. On the features of this fortified stronghold, 25, it is connecting passageways. Once again, they emerge into a maze of ancient, semi-ruined connecting passageways. How are they doing it? They are doing it with, um, well, here's a question, actually. They have found this room where the raiders were bringing in a freshly drained villager. They know, or they suspect, that the reason why there were no raiders by the ship or in the guard barracks downstairs was because perhaps the husk was doing some horrible ceremony or ritual where he was draining the villagers. I think this is gonna light a bit of a fire under Arn. I think they're gonna change their method by which they delve this place. I think they're going to use haste this time instead of, instead of being quiet. So they are going to roll with edge this time. What happens here? Plus three. Ooh. Well, four. That is a weak hit. A weak hit means roll on the following table. Using edge this time. Zero six. Make progress and reveal the danger. We go up to six completed boxes on this. What is the danger in the connecting passageways that they uncover? You face the consequences of an earlier choice or approach. Oh, okay, so the consequences, okay. I think what that means is because they were going slowly and carefully and quietly. From somewhere up ahead, they hear the screams of villagers as they are being drained by the husk somewhere up ahead. The time for stealth is over. Those people are being killed. We saw the evidence of that back there. We need to move quickly and rescue them before it is too late. So the consequences of their stealthy slow approach is that they're gonna be able to rescue fewer of the villagers because more of them are currently being drained. They have to get going now. What is the next area they get to? They race through these. 
Connecting Passageways 91. Something unusual or unexpected. <laughs> How do they deal with this something usual? Well, we know that they're going fast, so this is gonna be a delve with an edge roll, plus three, and he's rolling with an eight, which is a weak hit, which means once again, we roll the following table, We hit on the delve is going to be 35, which is going to be mark progress and reveal a danger, which brings us up to seven boxes, but they do reveal a danger. What is the danger they reveal is 80. You face the consequences of an earlier choice or approach. I think again, oh, it's something, oh yeah, it's something unusual. We have to find out what is unusual. What is unusual? They come across something unusual. 65. It is a hidden, hidden death. Well, we know what that is. That's a trap. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, the, the danger they reveal is based on a previous choice they made. Well, the choice they made is to stop being stealthy and start rushing forward, which means they come into a corridor that unbeknownst to them is trapped. Ooh, hidden death. That doesn't sound good. Okay, what is the nature of this trap? Here we go. 67. Cut. <laughs> 84. Cut magic. I think this has something to do with the powers of enslaving the will that Hogvendil has. Oh, wouldn't this be interesting if they came across Hogvendil's personal quarters? It's something unusual. He doesn't need to sleep or eat or anything like that. So, you know, his quarters would be the quarters that he had in life, I think for sure. So there would be the bed and there would be, you know, maybe a four poster bed with mildewy kind of like uh, uh, you know, covers and sheets. And there would be, you know, uh, an old wardrobe with clothes that have, you know, long since moldered away from, from you know, years of disuse. Uh, you know, a couple of chests and things like this, but I think it'd be pretty sparse. There wouldn't be a lot of wall hangings or decorations or anything like this. This is a raider stronghold. I think just the presence of the husk in this chamber or the, the sort of residual presence of the husk is enough to kind of corrupt the chamber itself. And I think that anybody who, who comes too close to this, anybody who comes in this chamber is going to be subjected to the innate evil, the innate power of this, this husk's presence, even though the husk himself is not technically there, his will kind of lingers in the air. So they walk in and right away, I think Arn looks over and he sees Ormir kind of standing there, you know, shaking his head. Ormir, what is it? What is the matter? And Ormir's kind of, you know, and he kind of looks at him. And when Ormir looks at Arn, I think the power of the husk's presence begins to manifest in Ormir's brain and Ormir begins to see Arn as, as an enemy. And he's looking at Arn going, get away from me. Get away from me. Ormir, what are you talking about? But Arn's being affected by this too. So I think he kind of shakes his head too. And he looks at Ormir and he sees Ormir's eyes slowly, slowly starting to turn white. He's gonna face danger here using loyalty and courage. Ormir, Ormir, this is the power of the husk. You must shake it off, Ormir. You must shake it off. Plus four, which is a nine, which is a strong hit. Awesome. Successful, take plus one momentum, which is great. His momentum goes up to plus five. Arn is able to shake off the corrupting influence of this room, the husk himself. Ormir, <sighs> he takes Ormir and he's trying to snap him out of it using courage, loyalty, all of that stuff. But if he fails, Ormir's gonna see him as an enemy, he's gonna attack. So this is a face danger for Arn. Using heart, face danger, plus four, six. Oh, those tens, those tens are awful. It's a weak hit. You succeed, but face a troublesome cost. Ormir, you must snap out of it. And Ormir kind of, his eyes still kind of blazing over white, but, but they're kind of going in and out a little bit. And he sees Arn and he kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, of course, Arn, of course. 
and he, you know, he, he puts his hand, he, he slides his sword back into its sheath. But at the last second, Ormir looks at him. For a second, Ormir sees Arn as an enemy, and he, he quickly pulls his blade and, and slashes at Arn. Arn is able to duck back at the last second, but not before taking a big gash on his arm, ah, which is going to cause him one harm. He cries out in pain and grabs Ormir again, but Ormir has snapped out of it now. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Arn. It wasn't me. It, it was his place. It was his place. Get a hold of yourself, Ormir. Blood is running down his arm. Get a hold of yourself. And Ormir does snap out of it as they're, <laughs> they've beaten the power of this room but not without cost. And they continue out of this horrible place, but they know they must be getting closer because they've come across the Husk's personal chambers. So the people of Highmark must be nearby. This is the assumption. Let us see if that assumption is correct. What is the next feature as they continue their delve? The next feature is going to be 37, connecting passage, passageways again. So they are on one of the upper levels of the, or one of the mid to upper levels of the fortress itself. Again, there's a maze of connecting corridors and passageways, and I think some of them slope up, some of them slope down. They come to ruined uh, doorways. They come to, 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 to rooms and chambers that are filled with the blocks of collapsed masonry as parts of this whole fortress have, have fallen into disuse and, and disrepair over the course of you know the centuries that it's been standing here. But more, more, more connecting passageways. They are still going fast trying to find the people, which means they are rolling a delve with an edge. And this is going to be plus three and they get six, which is a weak hit, which means once again, they've got to roll on this table on edge and they roll an 85, which is <gasps> mark progress, pog, progress, <laughs> mark progress twice and reveal a danger. What is the danger they reveal? Let us find out. It is 66. You face an environmental or architectural hazard. Well, they're in these connecting passageways, and I just said that part of this area had collapsed into ruins, so I think it's pretty obvious. They're picking their way across a large, wide corridor that is filled with fallen blocks, fallen pillars. Bits of the ceiling have fallen down as well. So again, you can see the, the patchwork of the night sky above the clouds scudding against the moon up, up above them. They're picking their way quickly across these rocks because they are rolling with edge. They're, they're moving fast. What happens is there is the sound of stone grating against stone and they look up and they see a large section of the ceiling is collapsing towards them. They've got to leap out of the way, which of course is a face danger using edge. Here we go, the two of them leap out of the way. This is plus three, how do they do? Terribly, but it's actually okay because that's four, which is a strong hit. They faced the danger. They leap out of the way as a large slab of ceiling block collapses into the corridor, blocking it off perhaps and they successful. They take plus one momentum, which boo, uh, moves them up to plus six momentum. Now, here's the thing. Do they delve one more time or do they locate their objective? You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to try and locate the objective, which means we have nine boxes filled on this progress. Do we locate our objective, which is finding the people of Highmark? Okay, that is a strong hit. <laughs> You locate your objective. The situation favors you. Well, I think what that means is they find the folk of Highmark or those that are left. The husk is not here. 
The husk had been here previously, and he had drained a number of them, but then the husk had left into another part of the fortress. Not his chambers, obviously, because they just came from there. I think that they are in an ancient prison, basically, or a makeshift prison. Uh, it is a section of the fortress where the ancient owners of the fortress would have housed their captives. So, yeah, I'm seeing, like, rusty iron bars, most of them broken down, but some of them intact. Maybe there's some, some crude wooden cages as well. You know, large, large crates that have been busted apart and sort of built into, to, you know, palisade walls. Or, it's, it's all very crude. Arn and Ormir bursting into the room not sneaking into the room because they're rolling with edge. They burst into the room. Situation favors them. There's no husk here, but the people are there. They see the people, but I do not think the people are unguarded. The people are in rough shape. They're probably chained or tied up so they can't just get up and, and run away. But let's ask the Oracle, are there guards here? 11 or more. 26, yes, there are guards here. But the situation favors Arn and Ormir, which means that as they come in, it is late at night. The guards, I don't think the guards are sleeping, but I do think that these guards are not the mind-enslaved guards. I think that these are regular raiders, regular Viking raiders. They're not paying attention to the doorway that Arn and Ormir come bursting through, which gives Arn and Ormir a chance to deal with these guys. Is there more than two? I'd say highly unlikely. 76 or greater, there's more than two. No. So there are two. They're dicing with each other. The people of Highmark, some of them notice Arn and Ormir coming in. The guards are totally into this dice game. Yeah, you know, they're, they're dicing, they're playing cards, whatever they're doing. These two guards not paying attention is the key here. Look at the strong head. Arn sees them. He immediately motions to Ormir to move behind some of these old crates to hide. Arn can look and he can see a big ring of keys affixed to the belt of one of the raiders that are hunkered down in front of this small fire that's crackling away as they're dicing and drinking and things like this. Which means they're gonna have to ambush these guys and quick. Arn pulls his bow and he lines up a shot while Ormir pulls his blade. Does Ormir have a blade or a spear? I think he had a spear. Doesn't matter, he pulls his weapon, whatever he's using, and uh, slowly begins to stalk up behind the guards while Arn, you know, rises up from behind the crate and draws back to aim. So he's gonna secure an advantage. So he's rolling plus four to this roll. This is securing an advantage with plus four, which is five, which is a failure. <laughs> you fail, your assumptions betray, you pay the price. Oh no. I'm gonna have Arn suffer two momentum from, from paying the price for, for uh, uh, that failure. Well, he goes to line up his shot and as he does, one of the villagers sort of wakes up, sees them. Most of these villagers, I think, are women and children. There's some old men, but I think the young fighting warriors of the village were all wiped out or already, you know, turned enslaved to the, to the husk. I think maybe one of the old men or one of the old women uh, in the village kind of looks up and she, <gasps> she, she gasps and that gets the attention of the guards. The guards kind of look up, they see that she's looking at something over their shoulders and they turn ah! and they see Lauren lining up a shot and they, ah, they act. So he pays the price, so he loses the initiative. These guards act like lightning as they pull their blades. These guys are obviously very experienced soldiers as they leap towards Arn. Whoa! No chance for an ambush now. I'm gonna resolve this in one roll. This is a battle roll as 
Orn fires off a, a flurry of arrows at the enemy as they approach. Ormir leaps over the, the, the detritus of the room, the broken barrels and things, brandishing his weapon, stabbing downwards at them, trying to prevent them from getting. This is a quick battle, and this is going to be with Edge. He's using the speed and the train to his advantage, as is Ormir, as he's ducking behind the cover, using the, the cover for advantage. Everything's on this roll, plus Edge is plus three, which is six. That is a strong hit. You achieve your objective unconditionally, take plus two momentum, his momentum goes up to six. Basically, there is a flurry of blows. Arrows from Arn's quiver are quickly emptied. Well, not totally emptied, he's still got supply. But he fires arrow after arrow into the enemy as Ormir expertly launches himself over the detritus in the room, you know, kicking up bits of burst barrel into the enemy's face, distracting him while he drives through with his spear. Orn gets a chance to pull his blade at one time and drive it through the guts of the other Viking, dropping them both, ending the threat with that roll. Orn grabs the keys from the fallen soldier, runs up to the locks and begins to quickly unlock it. The people of Highmarker, of course, they're asking all kinds of questions. Who are you? Well, what are you doing here? Get us out of here. They're pleading, all that kind of stuff. Ormir is going around cutting the rope bonds of the people who were tied up with ropes. The people are begging for explanations. There is no time to explain. We have to get you out of here now. Are there enough of you to be able to, to sail a ship? They all kind of look at each other and yes, yes, we can, we can sail a ship. Yes, of course, we know what we're doing. Then come with me now. They are going to try and escape this place. Oh, and by the way, ha ho, that is definitely progress on the uh, rescue the people. <laughs> so that's another two boxes, which puts that new box up to six. If they get to a place of escape, that's going to be another milestone on the vow. But they're not there yet. They have to escape this place. They are finding the fastest way out. The cries of the guards may have alerted other nearby Vikings or perhaps the husk himself. They have no time to stealth their way out. Plus, there's a hole. There's like... There's like 30 villagers here, but they take these this, this ragtag group of wounded, exhausted, malnourished women and children and, and old men mostly, and they race as fast as they can back the way they came, avoiding certain areas, obviously, trying to find a quick way, uh, perhaps a faster way, down to the docks where at the very least their little boats are tied up, but hopefully better, they can take that ship. Let's see what happens. Escape the depths. Roll plus edge as they find the fastest way out. Plus three. Oh, well, here's what I'm going to do. Oh, that's an eight. That's an eight. That's a strong hit. They emerge back down through the twisting corridors, through the various hallways, finding a set of stairs that they did not previously find, going straight down and miraculously there are no guards intercepting them. When they get down to the dock that they found before, here are the little boats that they had uh, come in on. The ship, of course, the Viking ship is still there. The docks are here. They move up. They've got a whole bunch of people with them. I'm not providing miniatures for the people. You just imagine it's a whole bunch of uh, villagers with them. Because they've got to the boat, that puts our vow up to eight boxes. He has to fulfill the vow. The results of this vow roll will determine if there is anybody guarding this ship. <laughs> so, the people stream onto the docks, led by Arn and Ormir. Do they resolve this vow? Does he successfully fulfill this vow to rescue the people of Highmark? He's got eight 
boxes fulfill the vow, and it is a strong hit. They leap onto the boat. The people of Highmark, young, old, male, female, all of them know exactly what they're doing. They are sailor folk, they are fisher folk. They immediately begin to haul in the ropes and, and unfurl the mast and wear the boom and hard the yard arm and all kinds of nautical terms that I know nothing about, but they get on the boat and it is miraculously undefended still. They get on the boat, they push off from the docks, and they pull out into the water towards that open cave mouth in the open sea where they can make their successful escape. However, there has to be a chance here that because of the failed ambush on those two guards that may have raised the hue and cry, even though they successfully got down here with a strong hit, fulfilled the vow in a strong hit, there still has to be a chance that because of that miss, they are being pursued that possibly the husk was warned that the prisoners were escaping. Because of all the strong hits, I'm gonna say this is unlikely. 76 or more, and the husk and the rest of the Viking Raiders were made aware of the fleeing prisoners. They were not. The boat pulls out of the cave onto the storm-tossed seas that separate the, the island of Hogvendil from the mainland. It is full night, but the, the stars are out and the moon is out, which gives the people of Highmark ample light to be able to sail this ship back to the ruins of their home. Some experiences in order. Fulfill your vow on a strong hit. It's a dangerous quest, which means he marks two experience. The boat makes its way across the waters. They are able to bring it back to the ruins of Highmark. This is not exactly a happy occasion. These people have lost a huge amount of their own folk to the husk, and their homes have been reduced to ruins. And as the, the longship is pulled up on the beach and they're getting out, their they're hopeful looks of having just escaped the island and their, their tears of joy and thankfulness for Arn and Oromir are quickly swept away by the cold, biting wind that once again blows over the ruins of their home and they are reminded of their new reality, that they are a people without a home, much as Arn's own people are. These people now suffer the same fate as you and the rest of the people of Wulstone, Ormir. Yes, they are unhomed, much as we have been all these years. They have nowhere to go. But there is one thing that I have learned. There is strength in numbers. What are you getting at, Arn? You know the location of the caves that Jorun has been hiding the rest of our people. Take these people there now. Protect them, as I know you can. Well, you must come with me. I cannot, my friend. I must reforge the spear. Only you can find a way back. You speak the truth, Arn. I have valued your time with me, Ormir. Indeed, without you, I do not know if I would have been successful in this. I owe you my life. It was your life that I came to take. I give it back to you now, Arn. Your actions have proven that you are a loyal warrior of Wolfstone. I wish you luck, friend Arn. 
May whatever gods that still listen guide your steps on your journey. Thank you, my friend. Go with the blessings of fate. In the morning, Arn gathers his gear and heads off north to find someone who can reassemble the spear and see if he can track down any information on the whereabouts of the dragon. For that is still his goal. How will he fare? Tune in next time to find out. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And if you are interested in supporting the show on Patreon, the link is in the comment section below. Join me next time on the continuing adventures of Arn Kalapunki here on Me, Myself, and Die.